Hi there. This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. On this podcast, we will begin a three-week exploration into another one of those questions attributed to God in the Bible. This one comes to us from the fourth chapter of the book of Exodus. Exodus is the second book in the uh, Bible. The Bible is actually a, a library, if you will, of 66, at least the Protestant Christians use 66, the Catholics have a few more, but 66 texts all trying to describe to us what an experience or a relationship with this being you and I name God, what it's all about. So anyway, in this second book, Exodus chapter 4, it is recorded for you and me. Moses answered, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say, God did not appear to you? And then God said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. God said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. And then God said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said God, is so they may believe that the God of their fathers and mothers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Now, the context for this passage comes from one of the most famous stories in the Bible, the call of Moses from the burning bush. The background for this divine encounter is that the people of Israel had been held captive in Egypt as slaves for several hundred years. The sacred writer infers God seems to have had a Popeye moment. That's all I can stands and I can't stands no more, and decides to finally do something about God's people's enslavement. So God's plan is to send a Messiah and lead the captive Israelites to freedom. Hence, God calls out to the chosen liberator Moses from the burning bush. Now, the problem was Moses was a murderer who was hiding out from the Egyptian authorities in the backwoods of Midian. So you can understand why Moses was a little more reluctant to participate in such a plan and said to God, why should your people follow me? Why should they believe me? On what authority do I simply show up and say, let's go? Well, Moses is making a great point. Over the centuries, any number of would-be messiahs have shown up proclaiming, God sent me. Why would anyone believe Moses? And God's response was to tell Moses God's name. Now, I think of the term God more as a job description than a name. I mean, when you and I use the word God, we're generally referring to some all-powerful being who controls destiny, hopefully a being who's on our side and who loves us. But that's not this being's name. That's what this being does, or so we think. The whole idea of this being pushes our normal mode of communication language to its limits. In the following uh, selection from the writing of Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, he illustrates just how difficult this is. Heschel writes, Consciousness of God is a response, and God is a challenge rather than a notion. We do not think him, we are stirred by him. 
We can never describe her. We can only return to her. We may address ourselves to him. We cannot comprehend him. We can sense her presence. We cannot grasp her essence. He is the call, ours the paraphrase. She is the creation, ours a reflection. He is not an object to be comprehended, a thesis to be endorsed, neither the sum of all that is, nor a digest of all that ought to be. She is the ultimate subject. God awareness is not an act of God being known to men and women. It is the awareness of men and women's being known to God. Now, this rich passage from Heschel reminds me of so many Zen and Taoist texts that also struggle to describe the ineffable in mere words, that which is beyond description, yet which can be experienced, and to try explain, explaining that in understandable terms. Such efforts never completely satisfy in describing God, but they're well worthy of exploration. So back to the present question then, what is God's name? Well, if our ancient Hebrew faith ancestors can be believed, it's Yahweh. And that's not the name they gave God, that's the name God gave God's self, Yahweh. It's translated into English, I am who I am. God told Moses, tell them, I am sent you. Now in the biblical era, to know someone's name was the equivalent of having power over them. It was a sign of intimacy and intimated a direct connection. Think of the bat phone. By knowing God's name, Moses was being given a direct hotline to God. And now that's powerful stuff. And it's what separated Moses from all the other would-be messiahs. I think one of the main points our sacred author is trying to communicate to us through this wonderful story is that God is the God of the present moment. God didn't tell Moses, I was who I was, a God of the past, or I will be who I will be, a God of the future. God said, I am an ever-present dwelling reality and accessible in this present moment. God declared to Moses and to us, that God is the God of the present moment. In our language, we would say the now. The implied promise is that I am right here when you need me. Now Moses was still not convinced and inquired, well, what if no one believes that you sent me? And God's reply was, what is that in your hand? And then God pulls the always crowd-pleasing, turn the snake into a stick and back into a stick again trick. It reads like an episode of MacGyver. What have you got in your hand in this present moment that I can use to help you and to get my people out of a jam? The point is this ever-present reality, the God of the now told Moses, look for me to be with you in what you have on hand. Now, as I've wrestled with this God question over the last few years, I've come to see it as an invitation to live in the present moment, to live mindfully aware, because it's here in the now, in the present moment, that I might actually bump into this God. Now, this was a vivid lesson that I learned the first time I met Bob. And my story with Bob will be the substance of our next podcast together.
As always, thanks so much for inviting me into your journey for these few moments today. As a concluding thought or blessing, I'd like to share with you some words, I might have shared them before, I love them so much, from the Rabbi Rami Shapiro, who wrote a wonderful book called The Way of Solomon, which is his paraphrase of the book of Ecclesiastes from the Bible. And Shapiro is trying to communicate to us some of the aspects of the idea of impermanence, which I think is a grounding lesson in this question we're looking at with Moses. What have you got in your hand? The idea of impermanence says everything is always changing. And I think maybe that's why God told Moses, I am the God of the present moment, because that's all we really have. At any rate, Rabbi Shapiro writes, the whole of life is empty of permanence. There is no certainty, no surety, no salvation to lift you out of impermanence. There is only doing without reward, serving without payment, learning without knowing, rejoicing without reason, loving without controlling, walking without map and measure. To think otherwise is to pursue the wind and vanity piles up upon vanity as you seek to freeze that which is forever melting. And Rabbi Shapiro concludes his commentary with these words. So when all is said and done, remember this. Open your mind to wonder, your heart to compassion, and your hand to justice, that you fashion a whole and holy world.